Hello. Hello. Welcome to Listen and Learn or Not. I'm Anna Dean. In the master studio is life coach Lori. We also have Claire, who's broadcasting right on the White House lawn. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get past Secret Service, girl? More importantly, how did I get from here to there so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> I heard you on the radio today. <laughs> I borrowed the Concord, which is no longer in service, but they've did it for me. <laughs> I am impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, ladies, we had a conversation last week, and then everything blew up over the weekend. Yes, it did. Yeah. How do you even start? How do you even start? I'm emotionally exhausted. Really? Very. But, yeah. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about is feel like we've been here before, but this is the farthest it's ever gone so far. Yeah. It's um, different, right? Yeah. Do you feel like it's different this time? It is. I felt like a lot of the same things came up after what happened in Ferguson, Missouri. Which Was that five five years ago? Four or yes. five years ago? Six years ago, maybe. Six wow. years ago. I don't know. And it, it felt like this intense at first, but this has lasted much longer, much larger, and it's international. This really, really touched touched a lot of people this time. Yeah, it went global. We're talking Mm -hmm. like, you know, not just the countries that are more populated with people of color, but also the European countries. And you see a lot of the images with people that are not of color just joining in and, uh, and being as angry, furious. It kind of makes me feel more hopeful because of that. Yeah. You know, the picture we posted on our Facebook was what you said, Anna, white people do something. Yeah. 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 There are so many images and voices that that have resonated. But just the one that really hit home for me was, I think it was Wednesday or might have been Tuesday. Thousands of people in Hyde Park in London. Thousands of people. And for those who don't know, Hyde Park would be like Central Park in America. I mean crammed full of people 10 days after this thing happened in in America and I mean just that really struck me that perhaps this is the reverberation that will continue to be heard. I was surprised to see all the countries that got involved heavily like Denmark and Paris and Amsterdam And Germany, Berlin, I was just blown away that their anger is just as big as ours, their fury. And I'm almost speechless. And that's weird. (laughs) To to render you speechless, any of us, to render any of us (laughs) speechless. (laughs) I know. I would worry if either of you were silent (laughs) at any point in your lives. Yeah. And for me, it's like I feel like, I mean, I know what I believe, but maybe I'm not saying enough. And that's what, when we talked last week, what stuck with me was sometimes being silent is actually approving of something you don't approve of just because you may not know what to say because so many of us are just ignorant. We just don't know. We don't know what we don't know, right? Right. So it really made me think, Anna, about how I'm showing up, and then this whole weekend exploded, and and then I sent you that podcast, 1619, about yes. uh, Black history and the things going on, which was so educational and helpful. Yeah. Because it's not just a textbook 
trying to teach you something. This is from the voice of a black person. Right. And what I'm feeling now is that more white people and brown people want to know now even more. And not just because of Michael Floyd, but because also they have more relationships with people outside of their own race. Right. And it's become personal for many, many people. Saturday morning, I was thinking about this, that I knew they were protesting downtown. And I thought, do I go? Do I not go? Is that my way of showing up? And I thought about it. I did not go. And then when I saw the news, of course, we know that that was not part of the protest, but the, all the violence. Yeah. I, I cried. And then I watched the uh, press conference the next day and I cried. And then I saw that our AJ was in Seattle scrubbing walls, he and his son. Yeah. Oh, and I that cried. That was amazing. It was. I have to tell you, though, I was a little, I don't know that I would have brought a child down there. Oh, my gosh. Claire, I know. And and I and it's not nothing against AJ. God knows I love AJ and God knows I know how much AJ loved his child and he would never put his child in harm's way. And I'm sure that he did absolutely everything that he felt was best and protected his son and still managed to do something really good for our community at the same time. Mm, but right, I was right. I really did have a moment of thinking, would I bring my kid to a place that was so fresh from violence? Especially when you do see in the news these kids getting pepper sprayed, crying, and then other adults around them and strangers pouring milk on them and, and right. spraying them with their water bottles. That's two things, right? So you've got kids who were there at what was probably a peaceful protest and then got into harm's way of something that turns different. And then another situation where AJ had gone down in the morning after it was all over and yeah. was trying to clean up glass and, and things like that. I think I would have had a hard time shaking the fear at that point. We're all built differently and we can all do what we can do, right? I completely agree with what Lori was saying earlier about doing, saying nothing or doing nothing is not the answer. You have to do or say something or you are complicit but i think you also have to allow that everybody has a different level of their ability to step forward right right like i totally understand why people aren't out there with the big crowds protesting i mean i think it's just as well when people are on the social media or just talking with their friends and family mm -hmm. uh, about why this is all happening and why people are so passionate right now and not just ducking it or hiding from it or 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 staying off Facebook, right? right? Right, right. I did join a very, very small protest that was in my neighborhood. Uh, it was something I could walk to, and there were a lot of people, and we were all, I sort of had to half laugh because we were all wearing masks and we were all standing six feet apart. But, <laughs> but we were all out there, and it was led, bless them, it was led by what looked to me like high school kids and college kids. They The high school kids were the ones that I think put this together, but yeah. there were plenty of adults out there, a lot of different signs and, and people waving, and you know, people would go by and honk their horns, and you <laughs> got the occasional person that, that didn't care for what you were doing, but there was this one kid, he was maybe 16 or 17, and he had this big sign he aimed at the cars going by saying, does this make you uncomfortable? Good. <laughs> right. And I was like, that's exactly right. That's yeah. what protesting is for, is it, it should make you uncomfortable. It should take you out of your zone and you should think about 
why people have something to say about this issue. And I'm just really proud of those kids for doing that. A lot of the kids I'm seeing like on television, I remember seeing the protests going on in Bellevue, and all I could think was, look how young these people are. They yeah. probably were not of age to vote the last presidential election, and now they are. It touches me that it's touched them uh, enough to physically be out there. And you too, Claire. Thank you for doing that. I'm about to cry. I'm not who I once was. 25 years ago, I would have been right down there in Seattle. And yeah. and now I'm like, well, I just the parking. and it, It's <laughs> weird how you're, everything, you're, you're whole, and not for everyone, for me, my just view of what I'm capable of changed. And this is yeah. what I this is what I was capable of, and it was better than nothing. Lori always says, "Don't should yourself." Right. I should <laughs> I should have done more, but I did I did what I could. But you right? made yeah. a connection, and really, isn't yeah. that what we're hearing? I mean, we have been locked up, no connection, and then suddenly overwhelming connection. So you were in your neighborhood, and you were showing yeah. up to your neighbors. Yes. To me, yeah. that mm-hmm. is huge. And I'm curious, Anna, you have children at home. My kids are grown, so I'm wondering what conversation at home is like. Yeah, so as you know, my son loves his video games, so that's how he's socializing a most of the time is video. And he knows his peers that are going to these protests. Mm. And now Claire, he is 16. And I thought of it before he even told us that, I thought, what if my kids wanted to go to these protests? And I thought, that is great. And then a part of me, you guys know I'm the biggest germaphobe in the world. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. dang, that COVID, you know. Right, right. <laughs> that really set me apart. Yeah. So my my older teen is definitely talking about it. My younger teen is aware and she likes to look at like TikTok and really look at YouTube and everything. So she's aware through those venues. I don't think she's quite there with the, I want to go to these protests, but my son is. And, and she's fully aware of what's going on. I know it's making her wheels turn for sure. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So if your son had said, Mom, I'm going, what would you have said? I probably would have given him like eight pages of rules. <laughs> right. And uh, seriously, I would have been like, you stick with your friends, but you stick with an organized group and make sure you get closest to the leader of that group as possible. And if you smell anything that makes your nose sting or eyes water, <laughs> you just bail. I don't know. Right, right. I, I don't know. I have yet to cross that bridge, but I have a Something kind of tells me that someday soon that that bridge will be crossed. <laughs> you know what's right. funny, Anna? Right. What you said that was so independent. I I've known you for a long time, and I thought you were going to say, "All right, I'm going with you," but you're like, "No, I'm going to give you some rules to go by." That is so huge. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I, I now that you said that, I'm pretty sure I would have said, "Well, I'll go with you." And if I didn't tell him, I probably would have followed. Uh, right. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? You might have followed, but you didn't say no. The one word you didn't say was no. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I have another question for both of you as parents, especially Anna with, you know, what you mentioned specifically TikTok, but other social media. Something I struggle with my adult friends <laughs> is attention span and context. And so much of what we see, we get a knee-jerk reaction to these quick images we see, even on the news, the regular old broadcast news that are totally taken out of the context of the situation. How do you teach your children 
to learn to understand a whole situation before they make a decision about it? Oh, that's a good question. It's not, I don't know if it's uh, something that we've really been into just lately. I mean, as far as like telling them what could be in the news may or may not be out of context. Or what they see on social media. What people people will screen grab something and say, this thing happened and I'm angry about it. Maybe they misinterpreted or misunderstood it. If it ever comes to that, because it really hasn't happened in our family yet, Claire. But if it does, because I I would imagine it will. I mean, everything you see out there is crazy, you know, or not crazy, you know, Uh just needs explaining. Yeah, when it gets to that, I yeah, I do plan on really getting into conversations with them about that for them to believe because I believe it, but to really do their homework on it. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. Not enforcing your belief necessarily, but let them do their homework before. Yeah. 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 You know, because I'll see people like co-workers, adult co-workers who will say, well, this thing happened. And and I'll say, well, what's your source for that? And it's like, crazywackynews.net. Okay, hold on. You know, (laughs) you might have a little agenda here. So I, I just, I wonder about that with Littler kids who are learning things. Snapchat. That is such a good question, Claire. And I know for me as a single mom now, we didn't even have Facebook. I think we had MySpace. And Mm -hmm. when my Mm -hmm. kids were growing up, but as a single mom, they were exposed to a lot of situations because they went between the parents. And I found for me, I would just ask questions. So I didn't make statements if they would tell me something, maybe something negative happened. And if that does happen as a as a single parent, you want to jump on the bandwagon and be like, oh, that should never happen. I didn't do that because I didn't want to judge their dad and I didn't want to put my spin on it. But I would ask them, how would that make you feel? Or what do you think about that? Or was that hard? You, know, I tried mm-hmm. to be present. And that's what you were saying about the protest, Claire, is being mm-hmm. present. And I tried to just be available, be present, be willing to ask questions and then bite my tongue and listen. <laughs> right. Because right. it's not about the other people. It's about how they are receiving information. And when they're at home, it's their formative years. So if you're asking questions, you see how their brain's working. And then you can go from there. Yeah. I have to let my dog out. <laughs> I'm you not know, leaving you. You do have to live your life. Yes. yes so. I'm, I'm not leaving you. I'm just standing up and walking to a different part of the room. Keep on Major going, girl. Here he goes, <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Back to normal. All good. Now. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> life, life goes on. One thing that sometimes crosses my mind, because I, I think people are still trying to grasp a lot of things, a lot of levels to all this. It's interesting, when we talked like a week ago, I was so scared of how I was even even bringing it up. Uh, And and these are things, these are things that are not easy to bring up because how do you bring it up to, most of my friends are white and brown, but mostly white. And so it's like even some of my best friends, when I brought it up recently, it was shocking to them. And they, some would be like, wow, you held onto that for such a long time. And I could tell maybe a back in their mind, they're wondering why. There's two reasons for a, a lot of people that, they feel like, one, how do you bring up something that pe- people can't relate to because they'll never have to experience it? And two, 
you don't want people to think you're crying wolf. You don't, and you feel like sometimes, most of the time, people won't believe you because it's just in the news all the time. And but then when I don't say it, then people think it doesn't happen to me. So mm -hmm. it's not really as close to home as as it is. Recently, I put out a post about how excited I was that people were really showing up for this and they weren't just only the people of color but also people that were not of color white people and from across from overseas and I wanted to point that out and then I, I, I revealed some uh, some incidents that had happened to me but uh, also to mostly to my husband and I didn't want it really to be about me. It was more of, hey, this is closer to home than you think. And just because I don't say it and just because my husband doesn't say that it happens to us doesn't mean it doesn't happen to us. So I think I just wanted people to know that any person of color that you know, especially people from the black community, you ask them uh, to share any stories, they will have stories. I'm not even going to say, no, you know, they may or may not. No, they do. Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it could, it doesn't have to be, you know, yeah, you know, police just whacked me. It could be something as small as when I was a kid, no one ever picked me on their team. When I was a kid, uh, teachers didn't think I was credible enough to blah, blah, blah. I couldn't be the lead to this play or uh, companies. Well, you know, we're going to fire these two and just keep the ones that are that look like us. You know right. what I mean? So right. it's uh, spreads to every single level of life. Right. I know it's a different issue, but there are some similarities, I think, with the Me Too movement where there were so yes. many, so yes. many years that as women, there were things that you just accepted, like, oh, God, men are such whatever, that it, it took getting into adulthood and hearing other people's stories to go, no, this is wrong. This is just very, very wrong. And now, years later, kind of like what you were saying, Anna, you, you tell these stories to people and they go, that happened to you too? How come you never said anything? Well, you know what? It was my life and I was living it and it's just the way it was and it's only when you speak out in mass that people realize what a systemic problem it is and I think that's what what is finally after all these years and again we've talked about we have endured this this scenario that we're going through multiple way many more times than we should have and yet now it seems to be really sticking and growing because I think a generation of people have said enough is enough and they're mm -hmm. telling their stories and they're saying, yes, that happened to me. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And I also think it, it could be a pile on from other ethnicities. I mean, imagine mm -hmm. what people of Mexican and Mexican-American descent have gone through in the last two or three years. And I think that I think a lot of groups have gone together and said, you know, it's like the old adage, first they came for you and nobody stood up for you. And then they came for this next group and nobody stood up for that group. And I yeah. think what we're seeing now is a cascade effect of, of people saying, look, we all matter. We have to stand up for one another. Um, you know, a life is a life. I yeah, th I think, Anna, remembering your hesitation and bringing it up last week, I know that you were a little concerned. I could hear it in your voice. And I'm so glad you did. And what I think happens is we like Claire said, we get used to it. And this is what you hear kids say. No one's going to believe me. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. 
Yeah. You know, that, and like like you said, um, like Claire, you know, with the Me Too movement, my gosh, that's one of the somewhat relatable ways for people to understand. Like you said, I mean, as a woman, you had something happen at work that was inappropriate right. and humiliating and objectifying and made you feel bullied. And, oh, God, I'm just being so upset here. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's like women surely know it happens. Yeah. Women know. And uh, too many times. And we're never believed. Mm -hmm. And it's too difficult to bring up, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. There and was so not, we let it slide. They were never believed. And even, though, even when they were believed, there was no consequence to it. Right. And, and that, I think that is what, what the black community is, has really responded to this time, is that time and again, people have said, oh my gosh, you're right. That's terrible. That's wrong. That shouldn't happen again. And then a year later, it happens again. Right. And, yes. And we're, we're done having it happen again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I think that is a commitment people across the board are making no matter how much we know or don't know. The thing that I see as a life coach, people a lot of times can barely stand up for themselves, let alone other yeah. people. So it starts at home. It starts standing up for ourselves, whether people believe us or not. And the kindest thing that we can do for other people is to say, I believe you and I hear yes. you. And when, when it doesn't happen to us, it's hard. So for men, they're like... He didn't know he didn't talk to you that way. It's not happening to them. So the most important thing is to say, I believe you and right. to try to hear that person out rather than jumping to a conclusion because it's never happened to you doesn't right. mean it's not happening all around us. It's like when somebody goes crazy and shoots everyone in the neighborhood or the family and they're like, he was the nicest guy, right? Yeah. And, mm. and I think that, that this is helping us to realize that we want to see people and we want to hear them. And that means looking up from our phones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it does. It does. The officer, the one who had his knee on, on Mr. Floyd's neck, he had 17 complaints against him, 17 Ugh. official complaints. Now, to my knowledge yet, they haven't been unsealed. We haven't seen what they were. We don't know what they were or how they were resolved. That's a lot of complaints. That, that's a lot of someone somewhere looking the other way or not mm -hmm. being believed. Yes. Yeah. And and we know, I think it's at, at least been revealed that at least some of them were racial. Mm -hmm. So we know that much. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's part of what is coming out. For instance, drunk drivers, when people end up dying and they were hit by a drunk driver, guess what we find out? That wasn't their first incident. Right. Oh. Some of them have many, many incidents. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think mm -hmm. if anything we're saying here, we are not going to turn a blind eye to anything anymore that right. maybe being truthful honest calling a spade a spade is how no matter how uncomfortable because it is going to be uncomfortable these yeah. neck this next segment of our lives is going to be uncomfortable can we live with it are we willing to live in that uncomfort to make a difference for the next generation right and y agreed yes and accept the fact that it, it, it is all of our discomfort. It mm -hmm. is not one group's discomfort. Right. It's everyone's. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the right. hardest thing to, to do is go, you know what? It is my problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. 
There's a great story, a specialist in safety. He was in an auditorium with men and women, and he said, he said to the men, raise your hand if you've ever been afraid walking out of the grocery store at night to your car. Nobody raised their hand. And he said, okay, ladies, raise your hand if you have ever been afraid at night walking out of the grocery store to your car. All these hands went up, and he said, men, look around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It right. is happening. People so often want to go, oh, don't think that way, or it, they didn't mean it that way, or whatever. And I think that the compassion comes when we look at what other people are dealing with, and we're willing to say, wow, I believe you. I see right. that. I hear you. And I hate it, but I don't know what to do. But uh, my eyes are open now. Right. And it's okay to say, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we really need to think about, after all this stuff, you know, what are we to do? I I think a lot of people are already, have a good start on it. How you protested, Claire, and how you are listening to the five series, is it five or seven series uh, podcast Mm -hmm. uh, for for 1619 and, and knowing about what it felt like to be a a slave or what it must have. I mean, I I will never know, but I do know that I have this horrible fear of any kid, and especially mine, ever being kidnapped. So imagine these families being torn apart and then having to go on this boat and never seeing their families again, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, and and really doing what you can to feel it. Some common friends uh, of ours, all of us, I'm seeing posts like, what are they doing about it? And someone decided to throw a dinner at their house uh, and invite people that I think the quote was, do not look like me. Some people like just being intent on the kinds of movies they decide to to watch. Uh, and I will say, you know, one of my favorite TV shows is Blackish. <laughs> it's funny, it's entertaining. You will really learn about every side, about diversity and, you know, oh, sorry, my door is saying some funny stuff to me. Um, anyway. <laughs> one day I thought um, her door said, <laughs> but it said, it said it was, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I know I hear it through my headphones. It says, uh, there's someone at your front yard or something. So. Oh, no, we, we didn't hear that, but that would have been fun. <laughs> I, one time oh, in here, her phone said, I swear it said, somebody is pooping on your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> what neighborhood do you live in? Technology. Someone did poop in my yard once, by the way. So. <laughs> oh, she was she was just a toddler at the time, but she sure is embarrassed now. No, she yeah, did that. Right. It's interesting. I was walking through a city park the other day with with my dogs, and there was a man. I would put him at maybe forty, and he was talking to his son, who was maybe thirteen or fourteen. This is a white family. And he was literally explaining to him what slavery was. Mm. And wow. I was like, really? I wanted, I didn't want to eavesdrop on this family conversation. And <laughs> believe me, the, the 14-year-old boy looked like he wanted to be anywhere w- but with his parents. And, <laughs> but I was like, you know, part of me was like, okay, kudos to the dad for trying to explain, in, put context into, into, into what's going on. But in the back of my mind, I thought, at the age of 14, Hasn't he already learned this in school? I literally could not remember, like, at what portion are you in school where you're learning American history where you understand the last 150 years of our country? I don't remember. If I remember correctly, 
elementary school did talk about it, not as heavily, maybe, but just let the kids be aware that this was unfair and this is what happened. And, you know, and then it gets a little more detailed as, it, as you get older. And I, I think middle school uh, might, I know high school for sure, they'll have them watch movies and everything and uh, really right. almost be immersed in it. And the dad wasn't like lecturing, lecturing. He was mm-hmm. sort of like really explaining what it was. And like I said, I didn't want to eavesdrop too much, so I didn't get to hear the whole thing. I felt like it was... he. Like he was doing his best or, or trying to do it right, but it sounded to me like the kid had never even heard the term before. And, oh. and that's, that's what surprised me was looking at his age, but I honestly don't remember. It's very possible that that was just not something that we learned in, in U.S. history until I was in high school. Maybe I, maybe I didn't understand it that young, but I guess I feel like with all the things that kids are understanding that young now in the world, that seems like something they ought to know especially what's going on right now like I don't have kids so (laughs) I don't know what age absorbing so much and also education has changed so much I mean there just may be other things that they have to get out for their testing and whatnot for math and science and that kind of thing that maybe maybe social studies isn't quite what it used to be I don't know or maybe it hadn't sunk in it's like we heard it we heard Mm -hmm. it but oh my goodness really it was people here it was our neighbors. Right. Sometimes that's a different right. level. Well, yeah. it is about time for us to wrap up. And this has been such a serious and good conversation. But I did see a meme that made me laugh. It showed a crowd of protesters. And under it, it said, huh, you think I can get a haircut now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been exposed to each other. <laughs> right. Well, you know, before we end the podcast, we do like to give you a life tip of the week. And we'd like to get it from Life Coach Lori. And we like to promote her book, which is called... Did Not See That Coming. Aren't we having a did not see that coming moment? Right. Yeah. And a podcast called... Enough. So what do you have for us this week, Life Coach Lori? Something occurred to me after the weekend. So I was going through, don't judge me, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I couldn't couldn't understand the person taking my order. I... And asked what different sizes, but I, I wasn't hearing it. So I was like, oh, I, I don't know. And so I said, okay, uh, what was the second one? And so she said it louder, but I still couldn't understand. And so in my heart, I went, that's what this is about. People getting upset about things that they don't know about. So I said, hold on just a second. And I waited and I, because I had just gotten there. I looked through the menu. I found what I wanted. I ordered it. She said, is that all? I said, yeah. And I, and she said, thank you. And I said exuberantly, thank you. And I drove around to the window and I, this is what I decided. I am going to be present and I'm going to be kind. And so I did not look at my phone. I did not turn up my radio. I just looked in the window and she took my card and I thanked her and I kept smiling and looking in the window. And I don't know why. I just felt like I am going to be in this moment. Well, when the young man handed her my bag, I was smiling and he was he was a young black man and he left and went around the corner and he came back out and he looked at me and he waved. Oh, and I thought this is what it's about being present. And I do think it would behoove us all to put our phones down and look at people, whether we understand them, what they say, but that we can smile and look up and say, I'm here right now in this moment. And we're all in the same space. That's my my coaching moment for the week. Be present. 
being present, acknowledgement, validation. Yes, Anna, you go, girl. Yes. No, that's what I got out of this po- podcast. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, it's not out yet. Yeah. Okay. No. No. I'm listening too. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna work I'm gonna work to be better at that this and, week. And well, appre- always, but always. especially this week. Yeah, and I appreciate Good. Anna's challenge last week. Yes. I, I just think something. it's crazy. It, I think it was crazy that I was just so scared and it just turned out everybody was yeah. <laughs> saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was validation. Thank yes. you. Thank you world. Good for you Thanks, for planet. standing up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're going to do better. Yes. What is it? Maya Angelo says when we know better, we do better. Oh yeah. I, I was just telling somebody that the other day, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. Yes. So oh my good. gosh. I love you that guys. Yeah. You guys. Claire, I was listening to you guys this morning at the very end of your the end of your morning show and I heard Shade doing his sort of song. Wasn't that great? It was so awesome. Wasn't and that great? Glory, what he basically did was he reiterated the song, uh, was it Be a Light? It's Be a Light. It's the Thomas Rhett song, Be a Light. Yes, yeah. and, and which is joined by yeah. um, like Keith Urban and, and Reba McIntyre. Reba, Chris, Chris Tomlin, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He usually, and it was so great. Yeah, the bit usually it's called Throw in Shade where he, he, he does basically yeah. a, a rap about something that's irritating him in the world. And it's usually <laughs> something like, we have no sports, we can't get haircut. It's not even like it's that... That earth shattering, but it's always something that's getting his goat. And he said, I don't want to throw shade this week. I want to throw light. And he just, he wrapped the lyrics to this country song. And it was, I mean, I was in tears. It was so beautiful. You guys were joining in, each and every one of you. And even to the point where you all were going, la, la, la. Right, we were doing the la, la. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things I love about live radio and and particularly the the show that I'm on is we, it's a lot of it's ad-libbed. We don't know what's going to happen. We just do what we do. And I didn't know he was going to do that. And and when he did that, it was, we all looked at each other. We were like, this is awesome. It was great to hear as a listener. I was, I was in tears too. Wow. That's 98.9 The Bull in Seattle. Yes. (laughs) It's in the morning. Hopefully it'll be on the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, I think it will. It usually takes a, a day or two to turn that little video around because we like to jazz it up a little bit. Oh, you do have a video of it, do you guys? Yeah, we, we usually put up a video of, of Throwing Shade. Yeah, yeah. Good. Usually they, they, they shoot a little video of him. Yeah, it, it's pretty funny. Good positive messages right now. We want everything to have some meaning. Well, gosh, thank you, ladies, so much for for this. Wow. Thank you, ladies. Wonderful this conversation. Is... Thank you for downloading us and listening to our podcast. I'm Anna D. Claire is with us with Fits in the Morning on 98.9 The Bull. Be sure to listen. You'll love it. And right there is Life Coach Lori with more than 6.9. This is Listen and Learn or Not. Not. <laughs> not. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.